What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock, and today is the 400th episode of the Plus Pitch Podcast. I cannot believe that. Uh, I started this one about two years ago as a uh, Plus Pitch that is only PL Plus members two years ago. I opened it up last year to the public, and I can't believe that it's been already 400 of these. <laughs> Uh, so thank you all so much for the support of this. I'm really excited for another full year of the Plus Pitch Podcast and just, yeah, having my opportunity to talk about pitching however I want to. Um, but today, uh, we are going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. And, oh man, there is a lot to talk about there. Obviously, of course, if you haven't checked it out, we have lifetime subscriptions at PitcherList. Go check that out, PitcherList.com slash lifetime. Become a big supporter of PitcherList. Become a PitcherList Hall of Famer. Get free merch. And it will eventually be free. If you're going to subscribe to us, uh, if you expect to, which you should, you're going to save a lot of money in the long run, let me tell you. I also put out an article today outlining uh, some fun stuff from 2023, just some numbers about our growth and also showcasing what we're working on for 2024 and for 2025 and for 2026. So if you want to look into that, go check it out on the site. But today we're going to talk about Corbin Burns and company. And Corbin Burns last year, 339 ERA with a 107 whip, 26% K rate over 194 innings. I'm going to give him that extra out. And you think to yourself, man, that was a disappointing season, right? And it was ups and downs. I get it. It wasn't clean Corbin Burns. He had these weird starts and you go, what's wrong with Corbin Burns? Here's the thing. At the end of the day, Corbin Burns still had 92nd percentile ICR, which means his contact that he was allowing was so good. Overall, just under 35% across all of his pitches. And what's interesting is that Cornburn still destroys left-handers. He goes cutters back door all day. He has this amazing change at the falls on the table. He has a breaking ball that he gets for strikes. It's all there with against lefties. The real problem is against righties. And what's cool is he has many pitches to tweak here. And all of these would be easy solutions to find more consistency against them. Either get your cutters a little bit lower, find more strikes with the curveball, Get that slider usage up. I've been beating the drum on Corbin Burns throwing more sliders to right-handers for a very long time. And I think it's just one of the filthier pitches around. It did drop last year in swing strike rate, but I do think that this is something that should be a 25% usage or so. And it's really been like 10-15%. Uh, there's also room to grow with the sinker, I think, inside. Um, even though it is not a big lateral movement pitch, to really have that different look. That is from the cutter going away to be able to get that sinker inside would really be devastating, I think, for Corbin Burns as well. And it's really shocking to see a guy that isn't as good against right-handers and is really good against left-handers. And then also have all of the skill sets that you want against right-handers. It's pretty interesting. But really, I'm not worried about Corbin Burns. I truly feel that he can make these adjustments. It's all all right there. You know, usually when you see guys have these quote-unquote bad down season, which again, 340 ERA and a 107 whip, and still over 190 innings, that's a workhorse for you, Um, just about 200 strikeouts, that you feel like there's some obvious things to say, oh yeah, this, this cutter isn't as good anymore, oh yeah, clearly he's not as good, and it's going downhill. Well, I, I think that Corbin Burns could really, I don't know, dominate again. I think there are easy tweaks and easy, easy paths for him to return to legit aced them. So I'm in on Corbin Burns, especially with the innings that he has and the just consistency that he's brought to the table, even though it was a little bit up and down for overall. I mean, he just you know, had some days and other days like he just killed it. So I'm in. Uh, Freddie Peralta is interesting 
because you see, you know about the second half. It was one of the most dominant second halves. Only Blake Snell really overshadowed it. And overall, 386 ERA, 112 whip. Also a very low ICR at 35%. And it's actually the same kind of thing it is, is with Burns because he killed it against left-handers and then right-handers he struggled a bit more. And Peralta wasn't finding a rhythm. I actually remember this in the first, I think, 13 starts of the year. Uh, it was not good. It was 473 ERA and a 136 for Freddie Peralta. And I actually remember on the roundup saying, I think the skills are there. The fastball's coming in harder, and I think it's just a rhythm thing that he'll figure out more with his four-seamer and his slider locations. Like, it's there, and we know this from Peralta. He will click in. It's not health at this point. It's not all of this. Like, it's just just getting into rhythm, and he obviously did that. 321 ERA, .93 whip, and a 36% K rate across his final 17 starts, and that's just brilliant. There are two things about Peralta here. Um, one is that rhythm is something I'm not necessarily going to buy in on because he does uh, pitch uh, cross-body a ton. He is someone that steps to the right, goes back over, and he is someone that needs to be in that rhythm. It's kind of like Blake Snell in this way. I will also mention that he needs to make some adjustments against right-handers. He's really a two-pitch pitcher with four-seamers and sliders against them, and he does not do a good job of getting that four-seamer upstairs, which makes it easier to hit um, than we would want it to be while the slider isn't getting enough strikes against them. So that is something he can't fix. I think it's less believable for me than it is with Burns, and I also believe that the rhythm is a major, major part of it that might be pulling your hair out a decent amount. Also, yes, he did go far more innings last year, 165 and change, but I don't think we're going to get that again. He's really been laboring with injuries for all of his career, and it just doesn't make sense to me that he's suddenly that workhorse. I don't buy it completely. So I'm I'm out on Peralta. I originally had him inside my top 15 starters, and I believe I might even have him outside my top 20, which I know sounds ridiculous. I'm basing that decent amount of injury, but really it is the fact that we know that he goes in and out of rhythm. We know this about him. He is very good at limiting hits. Uh, that ICR is legitimate. The extension is good. The fastball is hard to hit. The slider is really hard to hit, especially when he had that change up at the end of the year too. That was really cool too. But that was, again, more for lefties. And it's really more about figuring out righties and being more than that two-pitch pitcher. So I'm not totally buying that second half surge. And uh, there's just a little bit too many too many things to figure out for him to replicate in the same way. And we don't really expect, I think, for him to be that good for the entire year, right? Last year was 3860 ERA still, and you were really in on that. Um, it feels like you needed such a good second half to really make that work. Uh, Wade Miley is the SP3 right now for the Brewers. And Miley is surprisingly good. Um, 120 innings, 314 ERA, 114 whip. And once again, another sub 35% ICR. This is 34%. The Brewers are finding guys that are really good at not allowing hard contact and hoping that the Brewers defense will support them behind them. Um, to me also, by the way, Wade Miley is a Brewer. I know the last time he played for him officially was, what, 2018? That just makes no sense to me. He is a Brewer thick and thin, and I will... I just don't acknowledge the fact that he hasn't been. Um, anyway, uh, Wade Miley, uh, what he does, is he jams cutters so effectively uh, to right-handers and goes backdoor to left-handers, not really backdoor, just away from them. Uh, and then he will also throw this changeup away to, to right-handers. He will also do that to left-handers and have the slider. He's just very much of a like Dallas Keuchel type of nibbling the edges. The biggest concern I have is 81 pitches on average last year for Wade Miley. And that does mean that the six-inning, seven-inning potential is not quite there anymore. It's more like five and out. And the Brewers are certainly a team that is going to 
use that pen they have in the past. I mean, then again, Craig Council is gone and maybe uh, maybe they will be pushing more of their starters uh, pitch limits moving forward. It's possible. Wade Miley, to me, is more of a streamer in 12-teamers. 15-teamers, not bad, honestly. Do not overlook him as just a good filler throughout the week. Uh, there is a question about how good the offense is going to be with the Brewers and if you are going to get those wins. I just see him as a good whip guy. I mean, he's not going to walk 10% batters. He's going to be around 8% likely again. He's going to allow fewer hits than most. 7.4 hit per nine is really good because of that command of that cutter um, and, and change up as well. Uh, just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with Wade Miley in deeper leagues. Just 12 teamers is more of a streaming option than it is someone that I'm holding on to 12 teamers. It's just not enough of a ceiling and he doesn't stay healthy and all that kind of stuff just for the week. But like, okay, I can take Wade Miley here and there. There are others to talk about. There is a player that was traded away, which does open up the door for more options. That was, uh, Adrian Hauser. And I'm not going to talk about him. I'll talk about the Mets next week. But Andrew and Ashby, we got to talk about. We got to talk about Colin Ray. And there are two prospects, Robert Gasser and Jake Mizorowski, who you might not know about, and you probably should. And we'll talk about them after this break. So Aaron Ashby. I've gone back and forth and back and forth on Aaron Ashby. If you guys remember, of course, in 2021, when he first came up, I was unbelievably enthused about Aaron Ashby. I just saw a guy throwing hard who had this slider that no one can touch and this changeup no one can touch. And he was throwing them both for strikes. And... The sinker ICR was just so low, and it was unbelievable. So at 95, 96, I couldn't, I just, I loved it so much. Then 2022 showed up, and he was one of the unluckiest pitchers around at a 2-10 record. It was so rough for him. And what's absurdly frustrating to me was that Aaron Ashby was the complete uh, example, the poster child for that face you make when things are just not going your way when they feel like they should, where you put both hands on your face and you're pulling down your eyelids, uh, the bottom of your eyes as you look up. It's so painful because his contact ability with 33% ICR is so good. That means 67% of all balls in play were to the benefit of Ashby as far as contact goes. However, he still allowed a hipper inning. It wasn't fair. His 10% walk rate, honestly, the strike rates were good enough that he shouldn't be having a 10% walk rate. It was all, all pitches were above a 62% strike rate. And he still struck out 26% of batters. Like, this is the makeup of a guy that should have performed better than a 143 whip and a 348 ERA. So, what is it that Ashby does? Well, he throws this really power sinker that was a 36% ICR in 2021, and then all of a sudden was a 40% clip in 2022. And sure, it shouldn't have held a 30%. That's so rare to see that on a primary fastball. And 39%, honestly, is fine. I'm As long as it's not 45%, 50%, that's fine. My biggest issue is I don't really know if he can get enough sync on it. He lost some of that. And if he gets more sync, then he's able to actually do well against right-handers and go underneath their bats, as opposed to going away from them, which makes it easier for them to get those uh, burners into the ground uh, and push those to right field. If it's uh, if it's sink, then he gets topped, and those topped are much lower uh, batting averages expected than the burners that are harder uh, mile per hour. So I think that he can get back there, and also keep in mind that he had shoulder problems all last year. Did not make a single start, did not pitch a single inning. That's why all the stats on the page uh, for those who have PL Pro reading the rotation piece uh, are all about 2022 because yeah, that's really the Ashby that we last saw. And the word out, out on the street right now is that Ashby is back to his velocity. He's looking good, uh, and he's back to the 96 
on the sinker, which is great after hearing shoulder surgery, right? That's a terrifying thing. So that's encouraging. I worry a little bit about right-handers, and I also worry a little bit about how good the slider and changeup actually are. The slider is more of a strike pitch and not really like this overwhelming, just, oh man, we got this slider. Um, I want it to be this destructor of worlds. <laughs> uh, the sinker slider against lefties isn't as dominant as I would want it to be. Um, he does a really good job of going inside to the lefties with it, but the uh, the slider isn't this, hey, you're lefty, you're destroyed now pitch as it normally is. And I also want to see the changeup becoming that nullifier more so to right-handers. It, there's still a lot to work on here. Um, the ground ball rate is still going to be really high, which does mean the BABIP should be higher. Um, if he's able to keep the ICR this low, though, then it should be lower than the 9 hit per 9. Even though it's grounders, it still should be more beneficial to Ashby. I do think the strikeout rate is there at 25%. I think that is possible. Um, as he's someone who rotates between excellent execution and then poor execution. And really watching a lot of him in 2022, it was just not well-spotted fastballs. It was a lot of throwing it as hard as I can and not really locating. And that does make that volatility. It does mean that when things are not going well, that Ashby can flounder. So I do like him. I think that generally the skills are there enough to say, look, you are not allowing all the hard contact and you have strikeout ability and you should be better than a 9.9% walk rate. But will Ashby be able to go a ton of innings? Will Ashby be able to get into that rhythm and not be volatile? Will he be efficient enough with his pitches uh, to be able to go six innings constantly? I don't know yet. So I like him as a late round flyer. I like him as a, let's just see how he's doing in spring. I have no idea how well in rhythm he is. I mean, he just had a year off. Maybe he's able to kind of relearn some mechanics as Tyone talked to us about, which is a really cool thing. I don't know. Um, But I think it's a fun one. And someone that you shouldn't be ignoring entering drafts because we really should be in the rotation now that Hauser has been dealt. And then the thing is, they don't have a fifth starter at the moment. Uh, maybe there is another mini signing that the uh, the Brewers will have. Um, but at the moment, there's Colin Ray as, I think, the best bet for the Brewers as their number five. And Colin Ray, to me, is okay. Uh, it's all right. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Joe Ross who signed a minor league deal. I mean, maybe it's possible, but like... Aaron Ashby should be that guy, I think, as a number four. Uh, but Colin Ray, uh, it's a cutter that he's really moving around the zone and trying to do everything he can. But the sinker is fine. He goes front hip with that, but then goes back door to right-handers. And I just don't think that's a plan. Um, there is a slider and a four-seamer. They kind of show up in two straight counts. They're okay. There have been days that, the, that Colin Ray has that slider and it works. But really, to me, I don't think that Colin Ray is a 119 whip guy. I think he's more like a 125, 130. Um, I don't think that low hipper 9 that he just had is going to be replicated. And then 21% strikeout rate is probably closer to like 1920. It's just, there's nothing that that jumps off the page. And I don't think that Colin Ray has Wade Miley's command. So the fastball being as questionable, the cutter being solid enough to get strikes. And I once the slider kicks in, it's good enough. But yeah, Colin Ray, 15-teamers, if he gets the fifth spot, fine. It's like, you need some innings, and if he has that spot, then okay. But, oof. I mean, it could be very well be like a 4-3 ERA with a 130 whip and like a 19% K rate. I'm just like, this is not fun. Like, five innings. Um, Jansen Junk exists. 
I uh, he does have good IVB, um, but I uh, location of his fastball is not very good. It's 92-93. It's fine VAA, fine extension. You know, it's not really like this fastball that really jumps off. So he needs to take another step in something else for him to ex- excel. And then his slider is really just about getting strikes. Um, and there really isn't anything else. I mean, the, it's a harder curveball around like 80 miles per hour, 81. Um, but I. Uh, but yeah, it's not really that kind of arm that you want to go for. And uh, yeah, Jansen Junk is not the guy that you want to be chasing. Uh, the two prospects that I hinted at before are Robert Gasser and Jacob Mizorowski. I think Mizorowski's ceiling is absurd. Uh, if you just watch the, uh, the the tweet from Pitching Ninja that I have embedded inside the article, you'll see 101 in the Futures game. You'll see a ridiculous slider, this big lanky right-hander who gets really good extension and it's just filthy. Problem is that control is the issue. I don't really need Mizorowski to have the best command. I just need him to throw strikes because this stuff will do the rest inside the zone. And this is the biggest distinction I have between control and command. Mizorowski doesn't need command. Like Wade Miley needs command. Mizorowski needs control. So if he can do that, that's cool. And obviously adding some third pitch along the way will make him uh, much more consistent. Normally with guys like him, it's a cutter. That he is slower than the slider, sorry, faster than the slider, and is just more consistent inside the zone. Um, but I, uh, I mean, he does have a low 90s cutter. Is that going to be a good enough one yet? I don't know. The slider is really like the thing that just destroys everyone with that four seamer going upstairs. It's like it's amazing. There's a lot of talk about him being a, a reliever because it does feel more overpowering max effort and less about getting strikes and just more of just you know you can walk a guy and then strike him out that kind of thing. But uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe the Brewers are going to push it, and uh, he's only pitching double A thus far. So keep an eye on him. If he does get an opportunity to start, it could be one of those volatile things that are just going to be so electric. I do question if he's going to be that great because, yeah, I don't know if he has the control and really the command to be efficient enough. Um, but we'll see. Um, Robert Gasser is interesting. I originally pinned him as a lefty slinger, and that's not quite right uh, because... He doesn't really get that massive extension outward with his arm. He has a tighter arm circle. And he does get that flatter delivery because of it. Um, where it's it's an interesting... I'll put it this way. Just watch him a little bit. And you'll see how it's it's an arm action that is uh, more compact. That does keep it flat. Which does allow him to go upstairs effectively. Um, so that does make me think better of him than your Manaya Harrison, Heaney, Lefty Slingers. Though I... Though right-handers do hit him a bit harder. All 12 of his long balls allowed in uh, the minors last year were uh, were off of... Sorry, all the all 12 home runs that Gasser allowed were against right-handers. There you go. Destroys lefties with a slider. Um, I'm curious to see what we get more. There is a cutter that could be the nullifier to right-handers. That is a huge, huge thing to me because if it's a four-seamer or really sinker, whatever you want to call it, as a lefty. Lefties have this weird thing where like their sinkers are four-seamers a ton. Um, essentially they act like it. If he's able to figure something else out against right-handers, then okay, cool. Then we can be uh, more confident in Gasser when he shows up. Uh, I'm curious what spring is going to hold for him. We were expecting him to come up Gasser in, uh, in like August last year, and they didn't. They decided to just keep him down. So we'll see what happens here, and hopefully the, the walks can be underneath 10%. It's not really what we've seen consistently in the minors. Um, from Robert Gasser. But that is it for today about the Brewers. I hope you enjoyed this one and make sure to sub because I am legitimately doing these every day now. I have gone done with all of the 
business things I needed to do that I've taken the time, extra time to do in the past two weeks. I appreciate you guys so much for that. And uh, now it's just about getting out all these rotation pieces and all of these podcasts every single day until they are done. And then guess what? I'm going to have my top 300, which I've actually planned to make it easier for you guys this year. I'm going to make that in itself its own series post. And what that means is at the begin, the top of it, the navigation, you'll be able to see all of them on one page if you want. But then I'll also be able to separate them between like 1 through 20 and 21 through 40 and so on and so forth. And then also have the individualized blurbs to be kind of my sleepers and my top 300 and everything like that. So that's a cool way for you to kind of navigate through the the top 300 that's going to be like, I don't know, like close to 100,000 words or something this year because I've written massive, massive blurbs on all of these guys. Um, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock and may your bounce below and your strikeouts high.